If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high-quality recordings regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. JazzCast Pros. So we have a sleep expert with us who could talk to us about sleep, who could let us know what we're doing wrong, some general things on what we can do better. Tell people light, hydration, and breath are the three places that I start with my clients. It sets our circadian rhythm for the day. It also helps us produce serotonin, which are our happy chemicals that stabilize our mood. And they're a precursor to melatonin, which is a hormone that regulates our sleep. And then avoiding that artificial light at night, doing that assessment of your home and making sure, you know, just looking at a smartphone for an hour to an hour and a half before bed, it turns off your melatonin faucet. So it can delay your ability to fall asleep by up to three hours. And it also cuts our our REM, that rapid eye movement, that deep sleep that is involved with memory consolidation. It cuts that right in half. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me. We're going to be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you to determine how and where you will drive your future, this is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us or if it's going to be a scenic route or not. But we are the drivers. So join me on this ride, Living the Front Seat Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. It's me, Kelly Marie, and it's a pleasure, as always, to be with you here today. So a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you guys that I was having trouble sleeping and I was doing everything I knew how to do and it wasn't getting better. I just want to report that I am sleeping much better. I think it had to do with my move and moving from one house to another house and stress is a part of you know the, the sleep condition. But I wanted to bring on an expert who could talk to us about sleep who could let us know what we're doing wrong, some general things on what we can do better. And this topic is so deep that we're actually going to take two episodes to talk about sleep. So we have a sleep expert with us, Soda Kuchkowski. She's a sleep health educator and a certified sleep coach. She has spent the last 15 years working passionately with people to develop sleep patterns, to study sleep medicine and sleep health. She's the founder of Start With Sleep. Go check her out, Start With Sleep. It's an organization that serves as a community resource for sleep health advocacy, and she provides programming, training, and workshops for healthcare professionals, school systems, corporate wellness initiatives. She is everything sleep. She hosts a bevy of retail boutique and curated sleep tools. So I'm bringing her on to talk to you guys, but I also want you to reach out to her because if I'm not sleeping well, I know other people aren't sleeping well too. So Soda, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? 
I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming on and for highlighting this important topic. No problem. Thank you. And, you know, I really try and pull together things that I think will be, you know, helpful to people. And sleep is definitely one of those things. When we're well rested, we're better equipped to manage our physical, mental, and our emotional health. I think people really underestimate how sleep touches everything about our lives from our personal and our professional goals. So everything from helping us focus and concentrate to helping us, uh, you know, learn and memorize information. It goes into our productivity and creativity. It helps us stabilize our mood. So when you were talking about, you know, anxiety and stress, there's a vicious cycle that can happen there, especially when you suffer from what's called sleep deprivation. So we're, we're not sleeping enough to meet our, our physical and our mental, our mental needs. It helps with our physical recovery, but it also helps to keep our immune system strong. And when we don't get enough sleep, you know, there are a number of negative bi-directional things that can happen. So how much sleep is enough sleep? Is it different for everyone or is there like a general rule? Absolutely. So it is, I tell everyone it's really on it kind of a scale of six and a half to nine and a half hours. We don't want to sleep less than six hours per night because there's a number of negative things that can happen. First of all, we tend to be more negative individuals when we don't get enough sleep, right? Our brains think slower. Yes. Our reaction time is compromised. <laughs> And we have a ton of, of shift workers in this area. So, you know, these first responders, it's, sleep is really critical to them. So getting those blocks of sleep is really important. But when it comes to our sleep, you know, if we sleep less than six hours per night, we have negative things that happen. But if we sleep excessively, it's the same thing. When we're sleeping 11, 12 hours, maybe supplementing with a nap, there are a number of different sleep disorders that are associated with that. There are actually uh, over 90 different sleep disorders. So most people don't realize how complicated and how multifaceted it is. There's so many things that are connected to our sleep, you know, from our nutrition and our gut health and our stress. So there's so many different things externally and internally that affect our sleep. But when it comes to it, it's really only five areas that I tell people, you know, regardless of what your sleep issues are, we're going to look in these five different areas and they're going to be medical, hormonal, nutritional, stress, and environmental. That's where we find the challenges and we find the root cause of what's happening that's causing these little trickles in the rest of our health and the rest of our life. So you said the magic word in all of that for me, and that's nap. Are naps not a good thing? Like, does a nap count as a part of that six hours or are naps separate? Well, this is where uh, sleep is kind of multidimensional because depending on your age demographic, like women are twice as likely as men to suffer from issues with like insomnia, but we're also much greater. We have a higher threshold for things like sleep deprivation. Naps are not necessarily bad. It really depends on the individual and what your life looks like. So for instance, the shift workers that I was talking about, people who are not, you know, they're working beyond the traditional work schedule. Obviously, supplementing with naps is a good thing. With naps, traditionally, it's about timing. So, you know, the shorter, that 10 to 20, uh, like, power nap is great. But it's also about the timing of your nap, taking a nap for 90 minutes, which is an average adult sleep cycle. What happens is when we sleep excessively, like, for instance, you know, catching up on sleep. People think they can catch up on sleep, and we sleep in on the weekends. And often, we do ourselves a disservice because we end up feeling more tired and groggy than if we had just initially gotten up. And it really has to do with when we wake up during our sleep cycle. That's That plays a huge role into whether or not you feel rested. So for instance, for someone like myself, my magic number is like seven hours and 16 to 20 minutes. If I get a full eight hours, I actually feel more tired and groggier than if I had just gotten the amount of sleep that I know that I need for my individual needs. So it's that sensitive. 
Wow. So how do you find out how many hours you need? So, you know, there's going to be some trial and error, but I tell people there's a, there's an application that I love to recommend. It's called a sleep alarm cycle app or sleep cycle alarm app. Um, I think they kind of switched that around. And what's great about it is where traditional like wearable devices, they have their limitations because they're based on movement, right? So they're going to be based on your arm and your leg movement. If you tend to be like a restless sleeper, your breathing patterns. So it can be very inaccurate where if, you know, I've had clients that have been reading a book and their Apple watch tells them that they just took a nap, you know what I mean? Because it's identifying it as them being, you know, that lack of movement. So with this particular application, the reason that I love it is that it gathers five days worth of data before it tells you anything. So it's based on an algorithm. So it's going to learn your, your movements, learn your breathing patterns. And then what it does is it develops an algorithm based on your sleep patterns. So we sleep on average, I said 90 minute adult sleep cycles. It's anywhere between 70 to 110 minutes. It's going to determine what your sleep cycles look like because we funnel through four different stages through night. And what it does is it works as an alarm clock on a 15 or a 30 minute interval. So you use it as an alarm clock. So say traditionally you wake up at 6.30. It might determine that 6.15 or 6.45 is a better time for you to wake up based on where you are in your sleep cycle. The greatest example of this would be uh, you use the example of a nap, right? Have you ever taken a nap and you've woken up and you just have no idea where you are? complete disorientation. You're like, what day is it? Am I supposed to be at work? Like you're just completely beside yourself. Like you you just have no idea. You wake up in this kind of state of disarray, what's known as sleep inertia. That's what most people do every single morning when they set their alarm clock and they wake up during the wrong stage of sleep. They wake themselves up during the deeper parts of sleep. So we're going to wake up groggy, disoriented, feeling like we need, you know, five more minutes, 30 more minutes. And we do ourselves a disservice. And it's really about finding that sweet spot in your sleep cycle to wake up during those lighter stages to kind of set the tone for the day. So is an alarm the best thing to have? Should you just naturally allow yourself to wake up if you're able or are alarms okay? Well, so the best is, you know, to, to find your natural rhythm so that, you know, a healthy sleep cycle really has to do with waking up right before your alarm clock's going to go off. But the big thing is with alarm clocks is that most people pick like a really annoying piercing sound. So it's really, you know, it leaves them in a state of disarray, like four to six hours later that that sense of grogginess stays with you. So it's actually better about finding something that's more soothing to the brain. When you wake up in the morning, I tell people a favorite song, a podcast with this particular app that I told you, it's a free app. They have a free version, a free application. It starts off softer and it gets a little bit louder. So it's a a lot more soothing, especially the melodies to the brain so that when we wake up, we're not like piercing ourselves with that loud loud noise. Um, The brain doesn't like that when we wake up in the morning. So it's, you know, with hitting the snooze button, it's better to figure out when you should wake up during your sleep stage so that we're not continuously doing that because you actually do yourself a disservice in the process. I allow myself to wake up in the morning and that's normally in the six o'clock range. And only if I know I have something really important to do that I have to be up and I can't miss anything, I'll set an alarm. But it's usually well after I normally wake up. But I'm saying all of that because when I had an alarm, it would be this piercing alarm sound and it would scare me out of my sleep. Like I would wake up, you know, my heart's racing because the alarm sound would scare me. So I switched to that gentle increase which I love because, you know, it's like waking up in a movie, like, oh, what a wonderful <laughs> night's sleep I had. Even if it wasn't a great night's sleep, just that moment 
is really peaceful versus that blaring, alarming alarm sound. And so I wonder why apps use that sound. And, you know, there's so many really alarming alarm noises. And I don't know why people use them. And I know people, some folks have said that they can't wake up to a gentle noise. You know, it kind of just plays in the background for them. And they need that jolt to be able to get up in the morning. But is that an indication of poor sleep? Well, I mean, some individuals sleep deeper than others, but it's better to pick, you know, even if you don't want something that's like, you know, a tranquil, you know, you can have something a little bit louder, a little. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. But uh, jumpier or more, you know, uh, energetic to wake you up in the morning. It's more or less that piercing noise. And when you talk about, you know, the fact that there's these products on the market that a lot of that goes into, you know, a lot of what I include in, in my seminars is that a lot of the research that's out there doesn't necessarily like all the products don't necessarily match up with the research and sleep is really in its infancy stage compared to like other specialties in medicine. Sleep started in the 1700s. They started studying it, but the first sleep lab was only established really in the 1960s. And what we know about like REM sleep even wasn't even into the 70s and 80s. So like uh, rapid eye movement is our deepest stage of sleep. That's where memory consolidation happens. Short and long-term memories are formed. That's kind of like the waste removal system. And when we don't get enough REM sleep, that's where we tend to have issues with memory and concentration and so forth. So the science doesn't really match up with a lot of the products that are on the market. It's kind of the same way when you look at like sleep supplements, everyone's looking for a quick fix to kind of, you know, help set their sleep on, you know, the right course. But a lot of those things are going to be short term solutions, right? Because they don't necessarily match up and they might not be addressing the root cause of your challenge. So to answer your question, you know, with the sleep, with the alarm clocks, they even use, you know, like that LED lighting, which we know is very bad for us. You know, when the sun sets, we really want it to be a dark environment. If we want any type of light, we want it to be orange or red in nature so that it helps our body produce melatonin. So that's the hormone that regulates our sleep. So a lot of these things that are on the market actually work against us, but we're not aware of it, right? Because we're just buying them because we need them for use and not realizing that the science doesn't match up with what we need uh, to keep ourselves healthy. That's incredible. So guys, we are going to talk about in the next episode, some solutions and things that you can implement. And um, so you're going to have to come back next week for that. Um, but so to, you talked about the lighting and it never dawned on me that, you know, when the sun sets, so should the lighting in our house. Are there special light bulbs you can buy or how do you create that environment? Well, I tell people, you know, there was there was a study out of Ontario that showed that individuals who suffer from insomnia, if they paid attention to light regulation alone, that means taking in blue light during the day, which is really important to us, but limiting that artificial light at night, it's about doing a, an assessment of your home. Like our bathroom and our kitchen tend to be the brightest lights. So oftentimes you might be sitting on the couch and you're ready for bed, and then you go to put your teacup in the sink in the kitchen, or you go to wash your face in the bathroom. And what you're doing is you're sending signals to your brain through the wattage of that 
that light bulb that it's time to be awake, right? So those are the types of things we want to avoid. Installing things like dimmer or lower wattage lights, like going from a 60 to a 25 or a 40 in your bathroom will make a huge difference in your ability to fall asleep and maintain that sleep. That's deep. And no one would know unless they spoke with the sleep expert. I mean, this just isn't information that's readily available, but I think falls in that category of um, definitely mental health, but also finances, the things that you don't learn in school, but will help you for the rest of your life. To me, this falls in that category. Um, sleep being so instrumental and important for our overall health and our mental health. Can you just touch on um, some areas that people don't realize are important in getting a good sleep? So you spoke about light um, and you mentioned um, nutrition earlier on, but what are some areas that people don't realize affect their sleep? I tell people, really, if you want to start, keep it simple. Like everything that I do in terms of my education and curriculum, I say is about creating healthy habits, not restrictions. I want the education to be very empowering for individuals because the way that our healthcare system is built, it's it's based on treating symptoms, right? And when we have a lot of misinformation out there, like I think it's, they say like only 3% of the population really understand what a healthy lifestyle looks like when someone goes to kind of revamp their lifestyle. They're trying to get into vigorous exercise or they're trying to do an overhaul on their diet and, you know, or their nutrition. And it's not really sustainable, right? So it's all about keeping it simple. Tell people light hydration and breath are the three places that I start with my clients. Light being that we want to take in light first thing in the morning, that 10 to 15 minutes, it sets our circadian rhythm for the day. It also helps us produce serotonin, which are our happy chemicals that stabilize our mood. And they're a precursor to melatonin, which is a hormone that regulates our sleep. And we can get in a little bit later about, you know, melatonin. A lot of times people like to take it uh, as a supplement in its supplement form, but our body produces it naturally and we can boost it through light regulation. And then avoiding that artificial light at night, doing that assessment of your home and making sure, you know, just looking at a smartphone for an hour to an hour and a half before bed, it turns off your melatonin faucet. So it can delay your ability to fall asleep by up to three hours. And it also cuts our, our REM, that rapid eye movement, that deep sleep that is involved with memory consolidation, it cuts that right in half. So, you know, it reduces it. Uh, hydration is really important. We really underestimate hydration. You know, drinking enough, if we don't drink enough water, we tend to be sluggish, very low energy. But when it comes to our sleep, it can cause a lot of dryness in our airway, causing snoring. It can lead to restless slug syndrome. But it also, when we don't have enough water in our system, we're not able to flush out that excess cortisol, which goes into managing that anxiety, right? And that vicious cycle that can happen when we don't sleep enough, we tend to not be able to stabilize our moods and we tend to be more anxious individuals and we're more anxious. It compromises our sleep. And then, you know, the last one is breath work. That's a good way to manage our stress. We take upwards of 25,000 breaths in a day. And when we tend to be chest breathers, right, we tend to activate that flight or flight response. So we're constantly letting our body be in a state of stress. So just simple belly breathing and remember to taking daily pauses can make a huge impact in that mind-body connection. So when we get into bed, we're mentally prepared, just as physically prepared to go to sleep. One of the things that I've been focusing on is breath work and understanding the importance of breathing, being intentional in our breath and focusing on how we're breathing drastically reduces our, our levels of stress and anxiety. And it's a natural way to just help self-regulate. Uh, so that, at least for me, you know, has been very beneficial. I know research shows that it's been beneficial. So 
I'm really excited that you mentioned that because it's one of those things like, aha, yes, I am doing something that is beneficial and is, is really working well for me. People don't realize like when you're stressed, you hold your breath, which is why we hold tension in our neck and our forehead and our, our, our shoulders and like that connection, just taking those daily pauses is such a huge, it makes such a huge difference in our lives. It does. And I can, I can feel it. And it's something you can feel right away. Like I, I'm a proponent of breath work. And then when you mention hydration, I think about what moms and grandmoms and aunties always say, oh, drink a glass of water, drink a glass, just go, you'll be fine. Just drink a glass of water. And how important hydration is. We have these old wives tales and, and things like that around health and wellness, but so many of them, they're relevant. You know, they, they, they make sense and the science backs them up. Like, go drink a glass of water. I cannot tell you, I don't know if you um, were, you know, raised that way or not, but that was like my grandmother's first line of defense. Maybe my mom to, you know, just go drink some water. And as an adult, seeing the importance of actually drinking a glass of water. So I appreciate that being a part of the science and the reasons why sleep works the way that it does. Now, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about um, some solutions and some strategies and steps. I love the melatonin conversation piece because it's that it's what everyone is, is talking about. I have melatonin supplements and I take them and I know other folks do. And so I think that's so important to talk about how to increase that melatonin. Any final thoughts for folks as they are preparing for next week's podcast, waiting probably, hopefully, impatiently to hear your voice with some solutions? Well, you know, when I get asked, Soda, what is your best sleep tip? And people are like, you know, what is the one thing that I can do that will like reset my sleep? And beyond light regulation, which I tell them is to prioritize it. When you prioritize your sleep, then you become conscious of the day-to-day lifestyle choices that you're making that impact your ability to sleep well at night, which in turn helps our energy levels, which helps us be more productive, more engaged and healthier individuals. So just by prioritizing it, you'd be surprised how many other things fall into place because sleep touches every part of our lives. Absolutely amazing. And thank you so much. Until the next time, folks be the light. I want to leave you with um, our two numbers that I leave you with every week. If you're in crisis or need someone to talk to, I want to give you the suicide prevention helpline number. That's 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. Or you can text HOME to 741-741. Those numbers are confidential. They're free. They're open 24-7. So if you need help, they are available to you. Save the numbers in your phone. You never know, you might not need it, but you may need to call for a friend or family member. For you, if you are having issues sleeping, head over to her website, startwithsleep.com and get some more information, set up a, a consultation, head over to the store if you're in the Western New York area because sleep is, is really integral and it is difficult to be healthy without having a healthy sleep life. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. 
With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.